peoples of the worldwide federated internet what's good I was almost afraid to approach and deal with the book of Lamentations. So, and I've said this before, I've mentioned how my study methods have kind of changed. When I look at a book, I want to understand what was going on during the time of that book. Who's the author? Where was the author from? What are some things that the author was going to going through the different historical events that were going on, that were going on during the time of that book and the book of lamentations it didn't necessarily present a problem but it was it it's been a little more digging nailing some of this stuff down so i'm going to just kind of go over some stuff that i've found out reading other things watching other videos things that i didn't know so we know that the Jewish people were exiled for 70 years under the rule of uh, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. Then eventually the Medes took over under Cyrus and the Jews uh, were allowed to return to the southern kingdom of Judah. By this time, the northern kingdom had already been dispersed all over the world by the Assyrians. And and so this is the time what's going on now it's accepted that uh jeremiah wrote the book of the, the book of lamentations now i can believe that i have no reason to doubt that he is the author although you don't you don't find that explicitly said in the book of lamentations it's accepted i don't really like i said i don't really have a reason to argue now here's what i found out i'm not going to go into all of this because i'm going to be honest with you it would probably take several videos to break this down. And somebody already did a video on YouTube about this. So on my YouTube channel, I'm going to put the link to the video that I am about to mention in the description. And I might tag it somewhere on this video so you can click and watch. So anyway, the Jews were exiled for 70 years. It is said and believed by some they were exiled for these 70 years because they miss 70 Sabbath years. Now, I will admit to you, these are things that I have not looked into. This video seemed to be pretty thorough. I think it was every seventh year was a Sabbath year where you were supposed to allow the land to rest. So you weren't supposed to cultivate anything and do anything with the land. You were, you were supposed to allow it to rest. So I'm assuming on those years or the year prior things would be collected in storehouses for that Sabbath year. And, and there was also every 50 years, I believe it was also a year of rest for the land. So there was years where you weren't supposed to do anything with the land. The land was supposed to rest. And the way this video breaks it down is there were 70 years where that didn't happen. 
and consequently they were in captivity for 70 years. So, and again, all of this is things that I did not know. There is alleged discrepancies with that idea, but the, the narrator in this video, they use the robot voice. If you've ever seen one of those videos where they use a robot voice, but they, they broke this whole thing down, how the 70 year narrative actually fits with the Jews missing 70 Sabbath year. Pretty interesting video. Like I said, a lot of this stuff I did not know. Um, how relevant that is to understanding the book of Lamentations. I'm not going to say that's something that you need to understand, but what I've learned studying my Bible the past couple years is when you do understand the background, when you do understand what was going on in the background, what was going on historically, what was going on with the people. Then when you go back and read the book, you can, you can make some connections that you couldn't necessarily make before. Things make a little more sense. So without further ado, the book of Lamentations, chapter one, verse one. Let's get into this. All right. Chapter one, verse one. How doth the city sit solitary that was full of people? How is she become as a widow? She that was great among the nations and princes among the provinces. How is she become tributary? That word tributary means subject, subordinate, uh, paid in tribute, one that pays tribute or a stated sum to a conquering power. So the author is asking the question, how did this happen? Now, what you, what you find often in the old Testament is you find questions being asked. And I don't think these questions are being asked for no reason at all. I think there's a, there's definitely a reasoning behind these questions. And these things actually allow us to get answers to some of life's questions, some of the things that we wonder about life, how nations rise and fall. I think reading through the Old Testament actually gives you a very large clue just as to how nations do rise and fall. I've said this before, and, and I believe this reading through the Bible, nations rise and fall on the backs of of people who believe God. Here's what I mean by that. In the old Testament, you had people that believed God, right? They, they worshiped the most high God of heaven and earth. When these people violated God's law, God consequently judged them. And as they got into more and more wickedness, the world is already steepled in the wickedness then it seems like everything fell apart, right? You got uh, the Jews decide that they're going to abandon God. They abandoned God after they left Egypt. And it just seems like the world went into turmoil after that. You see the rise of the Assyrian Empire. You see the rise of the Hittite Empire. And these were cruel empires. The, the Assyrians were super cruel. If, if you want to see 
cruelty and barbarism on a level that you probably didn't know. Do some research into the Assyrians. I said this when I was going through the book of Jonah. Then you have the Babylonians come up. So the Assyrians disperse the northern kingdom across the earth, the, the, the lost tribes. Then you get uh, Babylon come along, Nebuchadnezzar. He goes in and destroys Judah, destroys that whole southern kingdom, destroys the temple, just wreaks havoc. Now, mind you, when all of this is going on with the children of Israel, you can look at everything going on in the rest of the world. And it's turmoil. You can see where Nebuchadnezzar overthrew the Assyrian Empire. That was a whole it, it, it was an entire mess. Then Cyrus rises up from the Medes and he overthrows Nebuchadnezzar. And then some time goes on. And then you have uh, Alexander the Great and the Greeks rise up like the world. The world was essentially spinning out of control. And it was like bad regime after bad regime after empire after empire. And this all started with the children of Israel deciding that they were not going to listen to God, right? God wanted them to be an example to the rest of the nations. And instead of doing that, they decide, nah, we're going to go our own way and do our own thing. So God judges them and consequently judges, uh, judgment falls upon many nations. A lot of people are suffering. I, I can't remember where exactly uh, it was stated, but I believe it's in the book of Chronicles where God said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, then I will hear from heaven and heal their land. I'm sure I kind of mixed some words in there, but that I think that's a that's pretty accurate to what was said. So the, the bottom line is the land is suffering. The people of God, really, there's something going on with them. And this is where the problem really comes in. Okay, so just to give you a little bit of context of what's going on, I want to go to the book of Jeremiah chapter 27, because this for me is one of the most, I'm not going to say the most interesting scripture I've read, but this is one of the most interesting occurrences because you, you find Jeremiah going directly, not only just to Jews, this prophecy is going to all of the nations. Okay, so Jeremiah chapter 27 and verse 1. In the beginning of the reign of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, came this word unto Jeremiah uh, from the Lord, saying, Thus saith the Lord to me, Make thee bonds and yokes and put them upon thy neck, and send them to the king of Edom, and the king of Moab, and the king of the Ammonites, and the king of Tyrus, and the king of, of Zidon, uh, by the hand of the messengers which come to Jerusalem unto Zedekiah, king of Judah, and command them to say unto their masters, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Thus shall ye say unto your masters, I have made the earth that man and I've made the earth, the man and the beast that are upon the ground, by my great power and by my outstretched arm. Uh, and have given it unto whom it seemed meet unto me. God is letting all the nations say, yo, uh, he's letting all of them know, look, 
I created all this. I own everything. And I'm going to allow to rule who I'm going to allow to rule. Just so y'all know. So we got this straight. Uh, verse six. And now I have given all these lands into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, my servant, and the beast of the field I give I've given him also to serve him. Uh, verse uh, seven and all nations shall serve him and his son and his son's son unto the very time of his land come. And then many nations and great kings shall serve themselves of him. So God is letting them know that at some point. Nebuchadnezzar and his lineage, his time is going to be fulfilled. He, he's going to carry out exactly what I wanted him to carry out. And somebody else is going to come along and it's going to be over for him. Uh, and it shall come to pass that the nation and the kingdom, which will not serve the same Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, and that will not put their neck under the yoke of the king of Babylon, that nation Will I punish, saith the Lord, with the sword and with famine and with the pestilence until I have consumed them by his hand. Therefore, hearken not ye to your prophets, nor to your diviners, nor to your sorcerers, nor to your enchanters uh, or uh, I, I skipped over one, nor to your dreamers, nor to your enchanters, nor to your sorcerers which speak unto you saying, ye shall not serve the king of Babylon. So many of these nations had false prophets telling them, nah, you good. Don't submit to the king of Babylon. We, we can take him. God is letting these people know, you don't let them gas you. Do not let these people gas you. You're not going to make it out of this. I sent Nebuchadnezzar. You need to fall in line and submit yourself to him. Uh, verse 10, for they prophesy a lie unto you, remove you far from your land that I should drive you out and ye should perish. But the nations that bring their neck under the yoke of the king of Babylon and serve him, those will I let remain still in their own land, saith the Lord. And they shall uh, and they shall. Uh, till it and dwell therein. I speak also to Zedekiah, king of Judah, according to all these words, saying, bring your necks under the yoke of the king of Babylon and serve him and his people and live. Why will ye die? Thou and thy people by the sword, by the famine and by the pestilence, as the Lord hath spoken against the nations that will not serve the king of Babylon. Therefore, hearken unto the words of the prophets that speak unto you, saying, Ye shall not, uh, therefore, hearken not, excuse me, unto the words of the prophets that speak unto you, saying, Ye shall not serve the king of Babylon, for they prophesy a lie unto you. So, as prophets going around telling Zedekiah, Hey, man, you don't got to serve him, you good. And Jeremiah is like, not so much, bro. Not so much. Do not believe these false prophets. The, the king Nebuchadnezzar, God sent him to judge the nations and it will behoove you to fall under that yoke and don't play around. This ain't a game. 
This is this is the backdrop for what's going on in uh, the Book of Lamentations. So the the southern kingdom has already those people have already been removed and exiled. They're now in Babylon. The city's been destroyed. And this is the backdrop behind what you see going on in verse one. So we'll read that again with all of that in mind. How doth the city sit solitary? That was full of people. How is she become as a widow? She that was great among the nations and princes among the provinces. How is she become tributary? You know how? Didn't listen. That's it. Didn't listen. Verse two. She weepeth sore in the night and her tears are on her cheeks. Among all her lovers, she hath none to comfort her, and all her friends have dealt treacherously with her. They are become her enemies. The very, as far as I can tell, this is kind of uh, a, a poetic a little bit. And, and I think what, what the writer is getting at is, all of these, all of these nations and these people that you aligned yourself with, that was opposite and contrary to God. Where are they now? Where are these people? They dealt treacherously with you. You aligned yourself with these people. And where are they now? You left holding the bag. It, ne it, it did not work out for the children of Israel going their own way. And God was merciful and long suffering with them. You, you read through the book of first and second Samuel first and second Kings. You see God having mercy on them. You see God really helping the children of Israel. If, if any one of us were in God's position, we probably would have just wiped them out altogether and been like, all right, I'm done. You out of here. But that's not what happened. So now the city weeps, the city mourns verse two tears falling down her cheek all of the people that that the children of israel committed proverbial whoredoms with right all of the nations that they sought after to copy after where are they now where are they now to help the children of israel now that it's time to pay for what they've done they're nowhere it was not worth it that's the point all of these things they did it was not worth it but nobody was paying attention at the time when the prophets were giving their call and telling the children of Israel yo this is not gonna work out I'm telling you this is not gonna work out and nobody wanted to listen and the prophets were right I, I think what you find in the Old Testament is cautionary tales you find cautionary tales that we should take heed to, namely the people who have professed faith in Christ, the people who are saved within our nation. We should be paying attention to what happened to the children of Israel and the ways that they go. Right. Was it saying in the New Testament? Love, not the world, neither the things that are in the world of any man love the world. The love of the father is not in him. And it goes over all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. We make the same 
mistakes. We sin the same sins that we see Israel sin. And, and the thing is, it's kind of funny how this works. What I found now, I'm not saying they're not, you know, scores of people who are walking with God. That's not what I'm saying. But it, it seems as though when there's a problem with the people of God, I see in the Old Testament where it was like a collective problem. It wasn't just one person. And you sort of you kind of see the same thing today when there's a problem within the body of Christ. It's like, yo, what's like we need to get it together. What is going on? Like we we out of sync right now. This is why I believe, and I've said this before, when a nation, when any nation crumbles, I think at the, at the root of that nation crumbling is the people of God not doing their part. And I'm not talking about doing their part per se within the nation, like within the structure of the nation. I'm saying the people of God not walking with God. If we walk with God, it's it's sort of like this. This is this is and, and I've noticed this in my life. You can be infectious in a good way. If you walk with God uncompromised, one of two things is going to happen. People are going to be well, several things, not just two. people are going to be inquisitive. People are probably going to ridicule you. That's going to happen. You're going to get somebody's attention. Somebody's going to go, yo. Why? Like this guy is different. He's not like everybody else. He's not doing the same things. He's not indulging in the same sins. He is completely different. That person is probably at some point going to be affected by your light. You know how the Bible says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father, which is in heaven. Yo, I actually think this has a domino effect on a nation. I think it leads from one person to the next. Something I thought about when Jonah went to the Ninevites. What happened? Like, like there's a whole nation like Jonah and Jonah was half kind of half witted when he went in. He didn't really want them to turn half witted, kind of went in there. Hey, uh, God's going to judge you. Okay, I'm out. The ruler, the, 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 uh, the king turned. All right, sackcloth and ashes. We need to repent before God and everybody turns to God and repents. God stays his judgment. Now, there are many reasons why why that account is recorded, right? One is a a foretelling, so to speak, and some prophetic things concerning the Lord Jesus Christ. But I think as a secondary, we see as a nation what happens when people who know God, I'm, I'm assuming reading the book of Jonah that some people in Nineveh clearly knew God and decided at that moment, yeah, we bugging. We definitely need to turn. God's hand of judgment was stayed off of them. There's so many intricacies within the Bible that apply to life in general namely the life of believers. I think any believer who is in a country wants their country to succeed. I don't think any believer wants their country to collapse for several reasons. One, the turmoil it's going to bring to our neighbors. We want to love our neighbors as ourselves. And two, a stable country gives us the opportunity to share the gospel with more people. If we want that to happen, if we want these opportunities, it is up, it is up to us 
to walk with God uprightly in such a way that we can be infectious. And I'm not, let me, let me be clear when I say infectious, I'm not saying that, oh, uh, people are just going to start air quotes living right now. Nah, people going to want to know what's up with you. And then you can share the gospel and people get saved and walk with God. That's what I'm saying. And as that happens, that has an effect. You affect the people around you. The people around you affect the people around them. Next thing you know, a community is affected. Next thing you know, a country is affected. That's how this works. As I said, I think whenever nations collapse and fall and have turmoil at the root of that, the people of God are at the heart of that issue. Y'all know what it is. Stay frosty, people.